Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 218 of the All Dolphins Stop podcast. Stop abusing your heart abilities. Can you please? Well, I'm just saying this. I I love the fact that we're back. I love the fact that we're back for episode 218 of the All Dolphins podcast. See now, you jinxed it. There we go. Of the All Dolphins podcast. He is Omar. I am Pukar. I'm going to get myself a background, and I'm going to start making hearts too. Just just because you keep abusing your powers. <laughs> okay. Says the one who has no such power. So okay, that's fair. Get, get it done. Uh, today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. We're three days away from Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. We should point out it's the 50th anniversary of the Dolphins winning their second of back-to-back Super Bowl titles against them. And as, as Omar is shaking his head very, very disrespectfully, uh, Dolphins defeating the Minnesota Vikings 24-7. to Larry Zonka was the MVP of that game, rushing for 145 yards and two touchdowns, and he will – he will be bringing the Lombardi Trophy to the stage for the post-game presentation on Sunday. When are we going to be able to stop talking about the the the, the seventy-two team? The no, this is a, see, we're not talking about the seventy-two team. This is a, it's the same people. You know, it is. It's not the same team, and in fact, it's a team that I have made the arguments that was actually better in seventy-two team, but that's an entirely different discussion. Quick, the history lesson is on, not on 1973, it's on 2018. This is episode 218, which was the year, the final oh. year of Adam Gase's three-year tenure as head coach. Oh. The year Ryan Tannehill came back from his torn ACL. It was also the year of the miracle in Miami. That was a very interesting year. It was, but it was. Um, Yeah, I had never covered a team like that. that I mean, tell your stories. Then we can get into the context. Uh, well, my story is that the Dolphins started off. I want to say they started off three and zero, unless I'm mis- unless I'm mixing my years and maybe that was 2017. Anyway, the this was three a season three and zero, right? Okay, and including I know remember there was a game against the Raiders where Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson were racing down the field for a late game touchdown, doing a high five. Yeah. The, I thought they were throwing up juices at each other. No, they were giving each other a high five, like about the 10-yard line on their way yeah. to score a touchdown to, to clinch a win. It was a year Brock Osweiler was the backup quarterback and had one really good game against the Bears when they won in overtime, 31-28. And then it went south a little bit. I will I will say this about Brock Osweiler. He's probably had the coolest NFL nickname that I – I mean, NFL tattoo that I've ever seen where he had his name tattooed on the back of his shoulders, Osweiler. Okay. Like, I'm sorry, that's creative. That that was that was boss. He was also a guy who was like actually stinking it up in training camp, and then they had the Dolphins at their scrimmage at Hard Rock Stadium, and our good buddy Adam Beasley asked him asked him very diplomatically about his uneven performance in camp, and Osweiler were looking at him like basically, I've been doing great, and we're all yeah like, yeah yeah yeah, and we were um, all looking at each other like okay. Uh, so the Dolphins well, wound that's up better than, Bra- than than Brady Quinn uh, telling us. Remember, it, I don't think it was that year. Remember when Brady Quinn was in camp mm-hmm. and he threw like three interceptions a day. And then when I called him out on radio on it, he started saying that, uh, yeah, the coaches are telling him to throw interceptions so the DBs can get get some work. And and then and then the DBs were like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's 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 let's. Let, let, let's let's put this in context here. Nobody's telling you that. You're just not very good. 
That guy was the worst quarterback. And this is a guy, mind you, who Dolphin fans were clamoring for in the 2007 draft. He was the worst quarterback I'd ever seen in the Dolphins jersey. Yeah. And I know there have been plenty in that you 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 get you 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 have a longer list than me. I only go 15 years. I know yeah. you say Brock Horde. No, um, no, it was a Heisman winner that you say was worse. Well, Josh Heupel in camp. I, I don't know if he ever won the Heisman, but he was like in the Heisman contention, led Oklahoma to the national title in 2000 against Florida State. Should have been UM. Uh, in that game, and he came to camp, and the dude, like, yeah. dude could not throw. Uh, there were some claims afterward from his camp that he had a shoulder injury, it, it, which then brings up the point of, well, if he had a shoulder injury, why is he throwing in camp? Because the dude basically, uh, he had no arm. Then again, he didn't have a great arm at Oklahoma. He'd become a good college football coach. Back to 2018, the Dolphins wound up. They put themselves at Seven and six, I want to say, after that miracle in Miami against the Patriots when they won 34-33 on that crazy two-lateral play from Tannehill to Stills to Parker to Kenyon Drake. And then they flopped on the stretch. Mm-hmm. And I'm losing the final three games against Minnesota, and this is where I enter the picture into the equation. Um, at that point, Adam Gaze had – they they had a number of like run-ins with players and remember the Rashad Jones Matt Burke beef and mm-hmm. uh, there, there was like some offensive line issues and beefs going on I forget like who was being forced to play at a position or or it was it was something going on I couldn't even remember what it was um, the wake situation where. Wake was basically Adam basically flat out told the media that Wake was cherry picking when he's in games and uh you know and and players just got so sick of Adam Gase throwing them under the bus that they after the Minnesota loss they basically decided that they didn't want him back and they weren't tanking games but they pulled themselves out of Many instances in the final two games, and in, especially in the Buffalo loss, 42-17, to ensure in their mind that Adam Gates wouldn't be back. And that was the scene of the most odd and uncomfortable locker room that I'd ever been in in my life, where we're basically going up to players after the season, after games, Asking them, do you want Adam Gase back? Do you think he deserves another season? And everybody's like, oh, oh, I don't know. Like, that weather's really, you know, it was really cold out there. I'll play play for whoever is the coach. Yeah, I'll play for whoever is the coach. It was, it was, and I remember having some private conversations, and I'm like, word? Like y'all are done. They were done. We and, point, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that we should point out that that season-ending loss against Buffalo, forty-two to seventeen, was the first time Josh Allen beat the Dolphins. That was the end yeah. of his rookie year. And I don't think he even deserved that because literally that team was pulling themselves out the game after the first quarter, like player after player after player, and they just didn't want to play. We should also mention that loss at Minnesota late in the season featured the one shining moment of Kalen Balaj's tenure with the Dolphins when he had like a 75-yard 
touchdown run. They also had a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown by Minka Fitzpatrick in that game. And then the rest of it was a complete ass kicking. I remember the might have been like a it lot. Was, it, it was that and it was that Minnesota game where apparently he did some like film breakdown. And he just threw guys under the bus and they were just like done. I was like, man. Yeah, and that was the first time I'd ever. It should have happened to Joe Philbin, but that was the first time I'd ever felt like players had significant command over who was going to be coaching them, or who was not going to be coaching them, or who was not going to be coaching them. Yeah. So and so it was that after the season, Adam Gase was relieved of his duties to be replaced in February after the Super Bowl by Brian Flores. But that's for the 2019 history lesson. That's right, where we begin, begin the tank for two era. There you go. Okay, so now we're back to 2024 in this Dolphin offseason. Uh, today I wanted to play a game, which yes. I think is very important because it's going to be critical. The decisions you make this offseason, and, and mark this down, write it down, remember it. I know I scared you when I told you about the apocalypse was coming. Well, we're officially in the apocalypse, and what I'm telling you now, this is like uh, you know those Marvel movies, Avengers, and where the Infinity. You mean, you mean every other movie made these days? Infinity War, where it's like, you know, once you get the Infinity Stones and the world changes, it's it, and he gets the Infinity Stones, and then all of a sudden, half the people in the world are gone. That that is what this off season is going to be. Half of the roster is just going to vanish, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there might be more turn. There might be more turnover than there, there usually is, other yes. than obviously. The and, and and to me, um, I think it's important to play lock up, move on, trade, keep killer Mary. Oh, no, not you. You know the game. Kiss, the, kiss kill Mary. Kiss, kiss kill Mary. Kiss kill Mary. I I know there's an F word in there somewhere. Um, that's but that's the R-rated version. Forget, is that the one? Forget, <laughs> kill, marry. Yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah. It, oh, they just replaced keep kiss with. Oh, okay, gotcha. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, I've never I'm played the game by the way. So, okay. um, let, let's start with some of the roster purges um, or purge possibilities or shakedown possibilities. Uh, I, I think the layup we know of is Emmanuel Agba. I don't think there's any possible circumstance, reason, rationale for him to be here retained at $5.8 million. Um, they're going to to create the cap space. When you have to create $52 million in cap space simply just so that you can start the first day of free agency, not even like actually sign a player. Um, you're going to have to purge. Um, and it really 52 isn't really going to do it. If you're going to use the franchise tag on Christian Wilkins on March 5th, because March 5th comes before the start of free agency. That means you got to clear about, if you're going to do that, you got to clear about $75 million in cap space. And while there's some people out there who will tell you that it's going to be easy to do, I'm promising you that it's not going to be easy to do. Um, for a number of reasons, a number of factors, and, and we'll explain this in, in, in the rest of this, this episode. Um, so we we both agree that it's it's a move on time for Emmanuel Agba. Exi 
See, that means that means and count it. Um, like this. This, this is this is he's getting cut. Count it. Okay. Let let's let's um let's look at Xavier Howard and Xavier Howard is a difficult situation for many reasons. One, he's not going to be easy to replace unless you're just absolutely confident that Cam Smith is going to step up and and be the man. But then on top of that, he's going to have to be a June release. And 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 Poupard, can you please explain to the people what a June first release means financially? Well, there two things. Number one, each team is allowed to use two of those designations every year. Uh, generally, what happens is it, it moves the money around. The cap savings is much bigger that first year. However, the cap saving is not applicable. So the Dolphins would save, I think, what's the number, 11 million if they cut Xavier Howard with a post-June 1 designation. But that money does not appear on the, on the cap books until June 1st. Hands mm-hmm. post June 1st. So it doesn't help the Dolphins get under the salary cap for March 13th. And the Dolphins can't cut Xavier before June 1st because they actually would take create would take on more cap responsibility if they do it pre-June 1st. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your only options are to cut him as a June 1st cut. Uh now count- what do you say? Or hang on to him. Those are the only two. Or hang on to him. At uh, 15, no, actually, I'm sorry, $18.4 million, $18.5 million. He's got a $3 million roster bonus. I don't know when it's due. I didn't look at it. Um, Also, keep in mind, Xavier ended the season injured, has a foot injury, Mm -hmm. and he also has an injury guarantee. So let's just move on from there. These are factors. I don't know where he is in his rehab and recovery, but we're going to keep on keep the party going with Jerome Baker, who is a tough decision for Hold me. On, can, I go back? can I go back to X real quickly? Yes. Uh, to, to me, I I see me a 5% chance he's back in 2024 because of I, – I see his cap number is 25 mil for, for 2024, which is outrageous for a guy – who's getting to be 30 as a cornerback and has battled injuries last couple of years. So I, I'm not seeing it happening. They're on uh-huh. base. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, however, mm-hmm. I also don't think you're completely in control of that situation. Just for parlay. Let's just chew on that for a minute. Um, no, 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 no. no. You can't, please explain. Please elaborate. Well, generally, if a player has an injury guarantee – Oh, oh, well, because of the injury guarantee. Um, so um, yeah, there's, four, there's $4 million of it, which is guaranteed for injury. He happens to be injured. Correct. So, and then he's got a $3 million roster bonus. So that's $7 million flat out. That's generally owed or could be coming to him. So it, I, I, I'm going to figure out what that, situation i'm gonna let that situation figure itself out um as you know xavian is the consummate businessman um and he's going to do business because that's what he does yeah xavian is a businessman um jerome baker is a very interesting player in a very interesting situation um while i think we will both acknowledge that jerome baker has not been a stud 
we will say or will admit that he has been a solid draft pick, very reliable player, five-year starter. No, m- m- more than five-year starter. Uh, probably six-year six starter. Um, now, would I say to you that Jerome Baker is worth $11 million? No, I would not. Um, however, if you do designate him as another, your second of the two June 1st cuts, you'll get $11 million in cap space back. Now, the question is, can I? how much would it cost me to sign a replacement for Jerome Baker as a starting inside linebacker? Because clearly, unless you're willing to go with Duke Riley, that player isn't on your roster necessarily. Correct. By the way, you don't have you don't have to wait till June first with Baker because you can save almost ten million if you do it pre June first, and then you have that money for March thirteenth. I think you can get a solid inside linebacker somewhere out there for five mil. Yeah, you got David Long for five mil. Yep. So, and if if this is what Drew Rosenhaus's representative is going to have to do and balance and counter. Um, and speak to with Jerome, who has played his whole career here in Miami. Um, can we go out there and can we get a $7 million, $6 million, two years, $12 million deal out there in the free agent market? Is Brian Flores going to be lobbying for Jerome Baker to enter the starting rotation? Um, we've seen this in a couple of instances it's happened over the years where guys like Jelani Jenkins will try to leave here as a free agent and realize there isn't that much of a market for me. Um, and I don't know what the market for Jerome Baker is, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's a very solid starter. I think he has probably more value here than he might have elsewhere. And if he hit the free agent market right now, how much money could he get on the open market? And I honestly think that that's something that Jerome and his camp should explore just because sometimes you never know. Well, this is where I think the most likely scenario for me, because his base salary for 2024 is $10.7 I personally think he's not getting that on the open market. I do no, think not. I do think the Dolphins will approach Drew and talk about the idea of, of restructuring parentheses, pay cut mm-hmm. to him. Uh, maybe tell them, listen, go on on the open market. If you can do better, you know, more power to you. You know, have, have a great rest of your career. If not, come back and revisit it. We'd love to have Jerome on the team. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Dolphins would like to keep Jerome Baker, not at a base salary of ten point seven, not at a cap number of I see here is fourteen point seven mil. Yeah. Um. So you're ready to move on. Yep. If need be. If need be. Um. And you move on with what approach? Because right now you move There's on. No I just told you exactly what the approach is. You approach Drew Rosenhaus. And you you try to shake him down. And when you shake him down, it doesn't work. What are you doing? Then go see what see see what's out there on the free agent market. Best of luck to you. And if if you I'm talking get, about you as a team. Then if 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 you lose Jerome Baker, you well then you tell Drew also by all means, Jerome, go look in the free agent market. We'll be looking for other guys ourselves. And you go find yourself a replacement at four or five million. Mm-hmm. All right. Two guys that I think we can handle in bulk here. Uh, Keon Crossan, who we didn't even see last year. You get about $3.2 million back. And then Jeff Wilson, who basically was the fourth running back this season. No, the third. 
Uh, when Savan Ahmed was here. Oh, when well, but Wilson was hurt also. I mean, let's say it was third and a half. Can we agree on that? Here's yeah. the thing. The thing with Keon Cross, and then you see him every once in a while on social media, is talking about like his journey, not that specifically, but all the fact that he's. I think I saw one post from him the other day where he said he's gone through five surgeries. Whoa. Um, yeah. So five like, surgeries, like recently. I, no, since he got injured. Remember, he remember he had like a, this this mystery injury. I think it was a last practice before the final cuts. Yeah, it was a day the cuts were due. Yeah, I mean, I guess he shredded his. I think it was a knee that he injured. I mean, he whatever it was, whatever body part it was. I mean, he messed it up pretty good because he's talking about five surgeries. I mean, are the Dolphins on the hook for that in terms of injury guarantees? If not, yeah, that's an easy three million you can clear. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't know he's had that many surgeries. Um, hopefully he's okay. I feel bad about talking about him getting chopped up, but these are, these got chopped up already quite a bit, but yeah, medically speaking, this is the life. This is the business that they're in. Um, let, let's address a couple of other guys who other players who are in the shakedown purge resign category which happens to begin with David Long Jr., who signed a two-year, I believe, $10 million deal. He's at five a year, leading tackler on this team. Are you comfortable? You locking him up long-term, or are you ready to move on? It's cap number 6-7 for this year, which is not great, which is not egregious. Base salary is 4.5. I think it's more likely the Dolphins extend him, bring down his cap number for this year than they mm-hmm. than they then they outright let go of him. I mean, he played pretty well overall. So you're trying to extend David Long Jr., lower your cap number, and hmm, a, a possibility that I have not considered. Um, but, you know, if he signed an extension, he probably wants a raise as your leading tackler. You comfortable with that? Again, the base salary is 4 or 5. I mean, it's not egregious. I mean, I'm not paying him $10 million a year. Uh, but again, Would you pay him 6 that's palatable. Okay. All right. Did really well last year. I mean, I, I outside of Vic Fangio not being a huge fan, I, I, th- I thought he I thought he did well. Um, and Mike Vrabel's not a huge fan, but Mike Vrabel's not coming here, so it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, the Duke Riley, sticking with the linebackers, uh, he's a player who is also signed a two-year deal last year. You get some cap space back You if you decide to move off of Duke Riley. I believe he's on the books for two and a half million dollars. I'm not balking at two and a half million dollars for Duke Riley. I I don't I don't even I don't even look at it. If I want I and and in fact, let me extend Duke Riley and try to get him locked up and change that base salary into a signing and roster bonus. Um, I I I don't see any reason why Duke Riley wouldn't be on this team moving forward. You you okay with Duke at two point five million? No, that's fine, and that—that's his. The base salary is around there. The the his cap number is a tad over three million, which is not egregious. You may you may lower it a little bit, uh, and he's he's a core special teams guy, can step into the starting lineup. Had some good moments as the new inside linebacker after Jerome Baker was hurt. Then his play kind of slid a bit. I'm going to be honest about it. He suffered an injury. You hot, you, you harsh, man. You're such a mean man. I am so tired of you being mean to people in their injuries. 
The man, the man, the man told Jerome Baker to go in there and play play with a broken wrist because he had a bad ankle injury. Like, do you have no heart, Alan Poupard? His play started to slip. Let me try. Let me try this again and see. It hurts. See if you actually will pay attention. And listen to what I'm saying here. His play started to say B four B the letter B four. What game? What moment? That man was walking around in a boot. When was oh. he hurt? He was hurt very very early in the Baltimore game, which was week no, seven. No, he was hurt before the Baltimore. No, game. he was not. He was. I'm telling you for a fact. That man was walking around in a boot. It was the Baltimore game. It was like the second or third play of the game. I am telling you, it was not the Baltimore game. He was hurt before the Baltimore game because the Baltimore game is when Jerome got Jerome got injured, right? No, Jerome got injured trying to tackle Josh Allen on a scramble, which which clearly made it the Buffalo game. Okay, all right. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to figure out when he got hurt. But he was hurt. He was hurt the final couple games of the season. He was in a boot. But, you know, they were trying to hide it. Um, what was I going to say to you? Uh, but we're both in agreement Duke Riley stays, correct? Yes. yes. Maybe you extend him to try to get yourself some cap space. Not You're not going to get much, but. No, correct. That's what, but, again, right, we're chopping a tree here with this, the salary cap space they have to create. So every little nick of the Every little swing of that axe is good. Unless it would be a little swing of the axe. Yes. Uh, Jason Sanders. Mm, this one is a toughie. Um, I would say, and you know that I don't really pay attention to kickers, but I would say that he had a relatively good season. Um, where I'm a little uncomfortable is the fact that I'm going to be paying him $3.7 million in 2023. Not to say that I can get a better kicker for $3.7 million, but I'm sorry, Jason, and every kicker out there. I don't believe you guys are worth nearly $4 million. Would you have said that after the Dallas game when he kicked five field goals, three from 50, and, and then the game winner? You mean he did his job? Yeah, I would have. That's well, that. it's not everybody who does their job, uh, and that's ask uh, – Ask the Bills if they would like to have somebody as dependable as Jason Sanders when after Tyler Bass gagged the, the big kick against Kansas City at the end of that playoff game. Maybe he could go play for the Bills. It, the, the thing with kickers, it's very fickle. And Jason Sanders was the best kicker in the NFL in 2020. His play really dipped. Last year, it was kind of shaky early on, and then he got in a groove, and he finished the season really, really, really well. He's getting his cap number is four point seven, which is. Aaron, you you worry about the cap. I don't worry about the cap. Yeah, you you you. you I can, thought this entire exercise was related to the cap. No, 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 because you you're looking. I don't. I'm, I not, I'm not cutting him. If we're not, if if it's if the caps it, are. You, you get you get to save you get to save two point four million dollars. His base salary is three point seven million dollars. You're really. It's like if you if you save three two point four million dollars, are you really gonna? Try to sign a new kicker and shake down Jay. Now, if you draft a kicker and you want to move forward, so be it. Um, but yeah, this I don't know if this is the season to pivot off him. So I'm probably riding it out. Maybe I try to shake him down a little bit more. I already shook him down last offseason. I mean, last during the season, they they made him restructure his contract. Um, I would probably try to shake him down again. 
Don't change, don't change the rules on me though, because this was supposed to be a cap discussion, and all of a sudden, it's like I don't care about the cap. No, 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 no. I don't care about cap number. You're you're looking at like I'm sorry. Obviously, the cap number is the only thing that matters. If if we're talking about roster decision, you, you know when the cap number matters when you got to be at the cap on the first day of the league year. That's the only time the cap number matters. What really it's matters right. is your base out, your paycheck versus your cap savings. That's what matters. If you're if you're, it's very easy to determine who's going to get cut because if you're base salary is high is is higher than your cap savings uh bye bye and that's just the formula so I, I you know i don't that cap number man please that thing is that thing is useless um except for when you're on the first day of the league year uh and let, let's get into for the whole point of this exercise we're, we're talking about how the dolphins need to get only thing that matters is what your cap savings will be, which is getting it down. It, your 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 cap number doesn't matter; it's your cap savings that matters. Um, but that's a technicality. Uh, let's get into some of these free agents, which uh, we will break down and have broken down on alldolphins.com. If you know how to find our work here, for free, no paywall, no subscription, alldolphins.com. Um, where you can get all the breakdowns on the cap situation. And I'm actually working on a special piece about Tua Tonga Valoa and his market uh, as he pursues a multi-year deal instead of the fifth-year option. Uh, let's begin this free agent process with the big dog, the big fish, the whale of Miami Dolphins free agents, Christian Wilkins, who I've done a piece on alldolphins.com, a two-part piece breaking down the situation, explaining to you why he has all the leverage. And when I say all, I mean all the leverage. The only leverage the Miami Dolphins have is they can place the franchise tag on him and basically try to destroy his market. Um, now, what I will say that goes against Christian Wilkins is the fact that I think that this is a very talented crop or veteran defensive tackles out there on the market and potentially guys who will be available via trade. So if you wanted to move on from Christian Wilkins and didn't feel like you should pay him $20 million a year, which I think is probably what he's asking for, the market rate for the next three years of guaranteed money, then you would basically sign one of these guys, trade for one of these guys and move on. I'm very interested to see what Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs playing in the Super Bowl this week is going to get on the open market because he's going to be a free agent. I don't believe that they can franchise tag him or put him in position to be franchise tagged. Um, so this is going to be a 30-year-old guy who's going to sort of set the market. Um, and then there are a ton of other very qualified, capable, talented defensive tackles out there in the market. And it potentially could impact Christian Wilkins in terms of how much teams bid on him or what teams are willing to offer. Um, especially when there's competition out there. On top of that, um, if the Dolphins place the franchise tag on them, there are people in this Dolphins universe who have this romanticized view that a team is going to want to trade a first or second round pick to the Miami Dolphins for Christian Wilkins and then give Christian a, a $60 million guaranteed mega deal. Um, I think that that is preposterous. If there are quality free agents that I can get out there for free, why am I trading a draft pick for Christian Wilkins? Because I think you overstate the quality, and I'm and I'm looking at it right now. You overstate the quality of the free agent market at that particular position. Because I'm reading, I'm the names I'm seeing. No, there's not a ton. Uh, there's about five. Okay, the, the, these are these are the guys. Chris Jones, Chris Daquan Jones, Wood, Jones. I mean, Daquan. Uh, Daquan Jones is 33 years old. 
He's coming off a season where he missed most of the season. Still good. Leonard Williams, a good player. A Fletcher, good player. Cox, Fletcher Cox was a very good player who's also 34 years old. Uh, Calais Campbell, who's 38. Don't forget my boy Jordan Phillips, man. Don't, don't forget Jordan. What you making that face for? Jordan, get play uh, when he's motivated, when he wants to. 20, 20 steps a game? Sure. So, so yeah. I, I think you're overstating the, the, the market. I think this is one of those, and as we've said before, this is one of those the Dolphins have to figure out a way to make it work with a long-term deal, contract structure, structured so the first-year cap hit is not – and, yes, the cap number matters, Omar, so it's not – yeah, that's, egregious, that's egregious, and I and I, I do believe they they'll get it done. It wouldn't surprise me if they got it done before March thirteenth. Um, and then they don't have to worry about dealing with the franchise tag, which will eat up twenty million of. No, which will put them twenty million more over the cap. So that means they probably got to get this deal done before March fifth, which is the day you have to use the franchise tag. Because if you do oh, use right. a franchise tag on me, you're officially setting the market for me. So, I mean, but Christian's a businessman, so his market is, in his mind, is already set. Christian wouldn't settle for anything less than what his peers were getting last year, which is in the eight, 18 to $22 million range. Christian's going to be just fine. Um, well, the Dolphins have to be smart in looking at not just this year, and I understand it's all about all-in this year and all that. That's great. But also – Two three years down the line, who are, you got some guys on defense who are big names now who may not be be around a couple of years. How long is Jalen Ramsey going to be on this team? How long is X going to be on this team? Do we are we sure that Bradley Chubb is going to be on this team in three years from now? Christian Wilkins Wilkins has been a foundational piece. He's a tone setter for this defense. I think I think they need to hang on to him. Not disagreeing with you. That's why I say safest thing to do is slap the franchise tag on them and keep it moving. Um, buy yourself some time. Buy yourself some some negotiating leverage. Uh, let's get into probably who I would argue or who you would argue is the second most important free agent in this crop of talent, which is Robert Hunt. Now, I would argue that it was Connor Williams. You will argue that it's Robert Hunt. I must relinquish my opinion because Connor Williams is injured. Um, and the mystery of whether or not he'll be healthy enough for the start of the regular season is out there. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, I'm going to begin by saying I don't, I, I'm not going to give you a head shake or, or a face palm if, if you want to put Williams at number two and Hunt at number three. I think they're very, very close. The health factor obviously comes into play. I think Robert Hunt's a guy, again, if the contract demands are not over the top, and I think this is a guy the Dolphins can sign. Does he become too pricey for them is a question. What's your price point on Robert Hunt? I don't know. Unfortunately, probably we're looking at probably 10. I'm uh, pretty sure that's the price point. Um, Connor Williams, where do you sit in that situation in terms of do you re-sign an injured center that might not be available for you till maybe October? Yeah, because you know, you're not resigning him just for, for the one year. I think you're resigning him at the very least for a two-year contract. Um, and obviously that's after major discussions with the team physicians and his doctors to see, okay, well, how's it looking? Okay. Um, let's get into your guy, 
Andrew Van Ginkle, the Ginkmeister. Okay. Gink had a very productive season, very surprising season. Um, if he had finished the year healthy, which he didn't because he suffered a Liz Frank injury. Yeah, I said it. Um, people will balk at that, but that's what I heard. Um, you're talking about a nine-month rehab. Are you confident, comfortable that Andrew Van Ginkle will be here moving forward in 2024, even though he's a free agent? That's a good question. I mean, Dolphins got him at a bargain last year. Yeah. I think it was 2.5 or something. I mean, am. Um, and he now took some visits, but came back because this was correct. Well, and I'm going to guess he's going to take another visit this, this offseason. That one's going to be to Philadelphia, where old Vic's going to be like, Andrew, buddy, I can give you a bigger role than you're going to get once Chubb and Phillips come back. We got to look at the Eagles linebacker. Oh, yeah, they don't have any linebackers, huh? No, no. Ooh, go get Vink with your bad self. I would put his return at probably less than 50-50, even though I would very much like to see him come back. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into some of the other offensive linemen. Isaiah Wynn, what do you do with that? Lock up, move on, trade? Again, this is one of those where it's the whole thing's a, the whole thing's a puzzle and how big of the pieces are you putting to other guys. Again, yeah, he performed very well, but um, – is he going to have to take NFL backup salary, or or, yes. or is he going to be have to be a guy who waits till the final um, day after the draft? Yeah, because here's the thing: this is this is a guy, and this goes under the category of you signing guy. This is a guy who has battled injuries in his entire career. His play was spotty in New England. What stood out was he was he was very often injured. Last year he was playing well. I don't know if he was playing as well as some Dolphin fans would have you believe after the fact, after he was injured, and it was like, oh, he was awesome. He was great. He was playing well. Um, but no, I don't I don't think he commands frontline money in free agency. So I think the Dolphins could get him back at a very reasonable price. All right. Let, let, let's go to um, one, one of my favorite guys on the team, Kendall Lamb. How do you handle that situation? Oh, you address it this way. I'm the one. I'm not doing all the talking here. You need to address it. Oh, wow. Look at that. Somebody oh. bossing up on me. Okay. No, I'm not all right. this, is, this, this, is not, this is not the All Pupar podcast. It's the All Dolphins podcast. And I'm the one who's been spitting out opinions on all these free agents. Now it's your turn. Okay. Um, I would... Here's the situation. Uh, you know Kendall Lamb came here and labored. He played for the minimum last year. He's flat out told me, I am not playing for the minimum. I'd rather retire. Um, he is. He proved last year, majority of the season, he's a starting caliber offensive lineman who can play right tackle. If I'm some team, some offensive line starved team like the, the Carolina Panthers or the New York Giants, um, especially the Carolina Panthers, because I'm pretty sure he wants to go home, um, he's a Carolina boy. Uh, I'm signing that dude to a two-year, $6 million deal, $3 million. If uh, Who was the backup that 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 got money from uh, Dan Feeney? If Dan Feeney can get $3 million guaranteed from a team, mm -hmm. um, there's no way that Kendall Lamb can't or shouldn't get $3 million guaranteed from a team. 
Like Dan Feeney barely played with the Jets when the Miami Dolphins gave him a $3 million deal, then traded him uh, to a, 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 a offensive line star of Chicago Bears. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm looking at what Kendall Lamb did and said, hey, bro, we got uh, $3 million in guaranteed money for you here and um, a $2 million signing bonus, and you'll be playing for the minimum, one-year minimum. And then Kendall Lamb's going to have to decide, is two years, $6 million worth me continuing to play? Because he is, um, I don't want to tell his business, but um, his grandfather became ill. Um, it's a situation where, and I, I hope I'm not outstepping my bounds here, but we're, we're family. He's a big family guy. And his grandfather, while he's still in good health, um, he's he's worried about, making sure he's there for his family. So there were points last year where he thought he might have to lead the team and he didn't really care. And I, I respect that. I commend that he's a family man. Um, but does he really want to play another season? Cause he's ready to retire. He says he's got enough money. Um, but then I, have tried to convince him you need to continue to play because this has probably been your best season ever in your NFL career. And you should try to cash out on that. Um, and if anything, the Dolphins should give him an opportunity to come back at, at, at one year, three, $2.5, $3 million. Um, just because he's a great breaking case of emergency option in case um, you kind of have some injury issues at left tackle, which you've had, throughout the last two seasons. Yeah, the only thing I'll, I'll add is, and I like to do it, and if it, if it can be re-signed at a reasonable price, absolutely. The flip side what's to the, What's your reasonable? Well, you just said 2.53 mil. That's, I, I'm okay with that. Because uh, last year he started eight games. Before that, the previous four seasons combined, he started five games. So I and that's that's going to limit his market as you know as he tries to, to shop himself out there and so that's why i think i i think it's 50 50 comes back i don't think he's out the door i um he's also what is he 31 years old that neighborhood hasn't played a lot of ball though he's 31 going to be 32 in june um yeah, so the mileage is a little low but yeah, we shall see he's like he's like that old honda that old toyota camry that old 2007 Toyota Camry. Toyota's very, very reliable. Uh, and, and here's the thing is if you don't re-sign him, he winds up going somewhere else. You're going to have to get yourself a dependable backup tackle, somebody that you can trust. And this is a guy who's shown. Keon Smith? You're not riding with Keon Smith? No. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's let's get into uh, – oh, I, let me – before I move on, let me address – Robert Jones, since we're finishing up the offensive line, Robert Jones and Elijah Campbell are both restricted free agents to retain them as restricted free agents. It would require the Miami Dolphins tendering them on the start of the league year at $2.8 million. That's $6 million to two backups. Considering the Dolphins did not pay um, Kendall Lamb anything more than the minimum, and Deshaun Elliott barely made $2 million. They're not paying Elijah Campbell and Robert Jones $2.8 million. Plus, 
that's an additional $6 million that they would have to purge their roster just to retain the restricted free agents. So on top of the uh, Chris Christian Wilkins and the 52 you already have, throw another six on there. We're now purging nearly $80 million. So whew, let's calm down a little bit. Um, I think that they will try to resign both uh, one-year deals, depending on what their market is. Um, I don't think there's going to be that much of an issue to retain Robert Jones and Elijah Campbell, especially if they're young guys who don't want to relearn a new offense or defense. So um, that, that, that to me is not too much of a concern. Um, there is also a batch of receivers on this team that are going to be free agents and let's handle them as a batch five. You want, you want to list them? You want to go? Or are you done talking? <laughs> <laughs> ah, you like that? Did you? Cedric, um, Wilson, Cedric Wilson, Braxton Barrios, Robbie chosen, Chase Claypool, River Craycraft. River Craycraft. You're five. You're fivesome. So basically everybody on your receiving team, except for Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Eric Uzukama, who you have high hopes for in 2024. Um, how are you handling those receivers and Braxton Barrios, your primary return specialist? Are you locking them up, moving on? There's no trade. No, there's no trade. Uh, I think of that bunch because Mike McDaniel clearly has a major affinity for River Craycraft and he's a good blocker downfield and he's highly dependable. I think Craycraft will be back. Barrios, I put at 50 50. Is it possible the Dolphins may want a little bit more pizzazz in their return game? Um, it certainly won't matter as much if the NFL does something with the kickoff returns. Again, is that up front table again? Well, there's been rumblings that it might be addressed and they might go to the XFL rules where everybody is between the 25 and 15 yard line of the receiving team or the 20 and the 25. It's a five yard gap. And then it's just a kicker and the receiver who are separate because, I mean, it's become so dull. I mean, it's like you might as well put the ball in the 25. So I put Barrios at 50 50. I, I, I'd kind of be surprised if any of the other three were back. I know I got. Some fans are suggesting, well, if they lose everybody and Claypool comes back, maybe with an offseason of learning and all that, they really could take advantage of his skill set and, and all that. But Yeah. yeah. If there's anybody in that unit that I want to come back, it would be Chase Claypool, and it's not based on performance. No, it's based uh, on potential. I mean, Based on potential skill set. Um, the fact that you are a, a piece that absolutely – would complement what you have here on the roster, big physical wide receiver. But then, you know, I'd have to watch him in training camp because we didn't get to watch all the practices. And to be honest with you, especially after he got that knee scoped, just wasn't good. Just was not good. Nope. Um, and, and Cedric Wilson, you waving bye-bye? Well, it's not a matter of waving him. He's a UI. They redid his contract to, to – put him on the market this off season. So um, probably will go down in history as one of the worst Chris career signings in free agency. Just my opinion. Mm -hmm. he, he did have a productive second half of the season, but let's not yeah. pretend like he wasn't signed to be a starter two years ago. He wasn't, but there was, this was before they had the opportunity to trade for Tyree kill. And, and whatever tough titty said to kitty. When you had every single solitary episode, my three, three, 
three, three episodes, three straight. Okay, I'm trying to keep my streak going. Um, you had every opportunity to step up at the end of the season, and you were just. You talking about this year or last year? This year, Cedric Wilson. Uh, okay, I, I thought he I actually. I thought he played okay. I mean, yeah, he played okay. But I'm saying you had an opportunity to step up and become a frontline player and show that. I mean, this dude was supposed to replace Devonte Parker. Do you realize that? But was he supposed? Here's a thing. Um, yeah, okay. This was a guy who was basically a backup with a very limited role in Dallas his first three years. And then his fourth year in Dallas, all of a sudden, every receiver gets hurt. He gets yeah, 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 yeah. a good number. But, well, but here's the thing. Every receiver on this team got hurt, and he didn't do nothing. He did pretty much what he did in Dallas his last year. If you look at his numbers, I think they were – go ahead. Let's move on to the – Player talent evaluation, man. If Cedric Wilson is your top free agent target. Is it a top free agent target or was it – uh, Cedric Wilson, last year in Dallas. Oh, sorry, I, I take it back. My numbers are off. Let's let's move on to uh, Nick Needham and Deshaun Elliott and Brandon Jones. How do you handle those three back end players? Deshaun Elliott came here on the cheap. He's probably going to play most of his career on the cheap. Um, do you make it prior to resigning? He was, huh? on the very, he was on the very cheap. He's another one. If if you want to look at Dolphin defensive free agents who could be headed to Philadelphia because of the connection with Fangio, I think Deshaun Elliott's one. Okay. You, you, you give me that dismissive look all you want. I am telling you I'm going to predict it right now that Deshaun Elliott's going to wind up in Philly. Um, Brandon Jones, again, depend, depends on what style of defense Anthony Weaver is going to bring. If Anthony Weaver tells Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel, I want to blitz, I want to blitz the safeties. You know. Okay. Then Deshaun Elliott fits. No, I mean, Brandon, no Jones. Brandon Jones fits. Uh, as for Nick Needham, I know I have no problem bringing him back for another look. He's not going to get he's not going to get anything on the free agent market. I mean, to be honest with you, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, so. He's a guy whose career was looking promising at some point. He would look like a very nice piece to have in the secondary, but had the, the torn Achilles in 2022, and then last year just wasn't a factor. I, I look at all of those guys as they're getting, if they get it, they're getting two-year deals with a second year being an option year for the team. $1 million signing bonus to each base yeah. salary in the first year. Like. I'm sorry. You want to be here. You don't want to be here. It's all good with me. Yep. One way or the other. Um, we are a prospective employer, but I, I don't see them backing up a brink truck to either of those players. Um, and in fact, you know, we're, we're, we're discussing the fact that Miami Dolphins will probably need a cornerback after Xavier Howard gets cut. And not once did we mention Nick Needham as a possible option all offseason. No, he's not a boundary guy. He's better in the slot anyway, and they already have Cater to play the slot, even though Cater needs to pick up his game a little bit. The, the one other free agent that stands out to me that we have not discussed yet okay. is Raekwon Davis, who has 
was pretty bold in his statements after the season about how much he wanted to come back, but how much how much do you pay for him? Nose tackles are hard to find. I know he's not really a traditional nose tackle, but I wish him the best in what he's doing. I'm I'm paying four million dollars a year for him. I remember an era where the Chester uh, Larry Chester's of the world was making four million dollars. Maybe inflation has raised it a little bit, but um, I don't see him as anything but a veteran nose tackle on the market. And I don't think a team's going to back up a Brinks truck to him. Um, so I'm making a respectable deal, but hell, he might fall in love with South Florida and, and just absolutely need to be on these streets. Um, he's a player that I, I, I like personally. Um, I think he's a hard worker. I've watched him evolve mentally and physically throughout the course of his NFL career, but sometimes you just need to move on and have new opportunities elsewhere. Look at Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips went and got the bag from somebody else. Buddy. Yeah, he's not my buddy. Um, Jordan Phillips went and got that. That's what we need on the All Dolphins podcast. I'm going to reach out to his agent, Jordan Phillips. Oh, that Maybe. would be awesome. L- listen, I'm already, we're, I'm a, I already have an invite out to Mr. Kevin Burnett. Um, that, that was the original beef. Uh, but yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna come. Um, Jordan, can you imagine if we? I have Jordan Phillips and Jakeem Grant all on one podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, when 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 Omar and when Omar and when players and and that Omar hated collide. I didn't hate any of those individuals. They no, hated except, me. Except you, yeah, except you kept bitching about Jordan's work ethic and Jakeem's hands. Should I not have bitched about Jordan's work ethic and Jakeem's hands? You're not, I didn't say you were wrong. Somebody had to say it. Uh, you know, me and Kevin, we, you know, Mr. Burnett. Well, now he's Mr. Burnett. I've always uh, called him Mr. Burnett. Okay, uh, before we wrap up here, we're, we're going on almost an hour on this one here. Before we wrap up here, we also mentioned another – maybe outside the box possibility in terms of saving cap space. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily advocating for this move. I'm just saying, would it, would it be necessarily that shocking? The Dolphins can save three and a half million on the, uh, on the salary cap. If they move on from Mike White. Yes. Just putting it out there. Now in to factor into your decision-making process, uh, pretty much, uh, three and a half million dollars isn't a lot of money for a backup quarterback. However, if you did draft one, you'd probably be paying three million dollars. In if you draft one in the second or later rounds, you'd probably be paying three million dollars for four years. So the question to me, and I am of the opinion that drafting one is a wise idea and the right approach to take. I think you should draft one every year and develop them because you're never going to know who's going to be the Brock Purdy. But having that player locked up for a million dollars a season is much better than Mike White and three and a half million dollars. But that's just me. Yeah, I you know what? I I, develop them. I'm going to bow my head in shame here because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to like because I brought it up as not necessarily a crazy idea, and now because now that the, the more I think about it, is you need someone who's dependable. Because yes, Tua played all 17 games in 2023. Are we guaranteed it's going to happen again in 2024? Obviously not. And you need to have, if this is a team with high hopes or Super Bowl aspirations, you need a dependable backup. And who are you going to get for three and a half million, which is not 
And the question now is you have to ask yourself is we saw, we didn't see nearly enough of Mike White. Every, and every, every time he came into a game was mop up duty. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm, so, I'm curious to see where his growth is in the second year in this offense. Cause that's where you generally see quarterbacks take that next step in their game um, and ele elevate their play. Now, speaking of elevated play, uh, you got alldolphins.com for all your coverage right there. Type it into your browser. It will show up. You get access to all the story, every single story without clicking uh, or hitting a play wall um, or subscribing monthly. Um, we're there. That's how we hustle and make money by you reading it. So hopefully you click on it because the clicks are what leads to the money. Um, and you know how to find all dolphins podcasts on every platform that you can stream audio platform, audio podcasts, primarily on YouTube. And we appreciate you each and every single one of you guys for watching, because that's what keeps our algorithm up. And if you ain't hot on these algorithm streets, you're not making the money. And right now we're not hot. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for watching. We will see you tomorrow for a live. Yes, probably 5 p.m. That neighborhood. No, I got it. My, my son's birthday is Valentine's Day and me and his mom are taking him out to dinner early because we generally try to avoid the Valentine's Day crowd. Um, so at the latest four o'clock. Cause I got I got to hit to Doral, and you know that Doral traffic. Then maybe we'll go noon. Stay stay tuned. Please stay stay yeah, up yeah, on, yeah. on Twitter X. We'll, we'll 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 announce it. But always looking forward to talking to you guys. Um, that will be our wrap up and predictions for the Super Bowl. Um, on that note, we are out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's not a podcast you got to listen to on Thursday. You can actually save it and listen to it whenever you want because nobody's going to break down your Dolphins purges, roster restructures, and free agents like the All Dolphins podcast.